Today we celebrate the great Saint, Saint Jerome. And Saint Jerome was one of the, I'd say he's one of the more colorful saints that we have in the church. There's just so many different things surrounding his life. He, um, you know, you would think for the time frame that he lived in, he might have been one of those saints that was martyred, but, but he wasn't. You know, he essentially died of old age. The last 34 or so years of his life were spent actually in the Holy Land, um, not, not, not far from where a lot of us would visit different sites there in, in Bethlehem. And uh, he was an interesting character because he was, I don't know, for lack of a better word, he was sort of considered kind of a cantankerous individual. And he just, they said, he was very, very smart and very witty, but I guess quite off-putting to a lot of people. And so a lot of people sort of just argued with him and, you know, disagreed with him, even uh, famously St. Augustine. But, you know, beautifully, those two great saints kind of reconciled and they were able to continue to correspond with one another about, about the faith and everything like that. And um, one of the famous things you'll see often in iconic depictions of Jerome is there'll be a lion uh, with him, and it was said that he removed a thorn from a lion's paw and that the lion essentially um, stayed with him. <laughs> the, the rest of his life was basically faithful to him like, like a pet would be uh, for helping him and rescue him. And, um, you know, some said that the, the lion actually is more a depiction of his cantankerous, <laughs> you know, attitude towards people. But he's most famous for, um, for his translation of the Bible. Um, but he had a translation into, into Latin from the old Latin and, uh, and Hebrew into the Vulgate, which is still used today. One of the, one of the great basis for a lot of translations is all of the work that St. Jerome did. And so it took him, gosh, I think oh, it was 30 years or something like that of translations to, to translate the entirety of the Bible. So he really devoted much of his life to it. But he, um, as a young man, he was similar to St. Augustine. He was sort of born of wealthy parents and, and sort of was a little bit of a wanderer and, um, and just didn't really have much of a, a faith life, so to speak, to begin with. But then he went to Rome to study law. And then eventually, he actually had a friend that was a Christian. And his Christian friend was probably one of the biggest turning points of his life for his actual conversion. He started to see, he had some kind of natural virtuous um, actions already in his life, but it was really watching his friend live a Christian life that was, he was like, okay, you know, I've, I've got to convert. And he, and he worked, worked for, he was a, the, the secretary for, I think it was St. Uh, Pope Damasus, and then, you know, and other popes and things like that. And they said that Damasus kind of protected him. He was a great secretary, but he sort of protected, you know, people would probably complain about Jerome's temperament, but then the Pope would always protect him. But once he died, a lot of people really, uh, he didn't have anybody sort of protecting him anymore. So really kind of an interesting uh, saint that we have there. And, you know, one of the things about his life, as we see in some of the lives of the saints, like I, I mentioned Augustine and Jerome, they, they weren't really following Jesus at first, kind of like our gospel today. They sort of were wandering a little bit. But just like a couple of our Gospels not, not too far ago, um, Jesus gives that parable that he gave on Sunday. That there are those that might not follow at first, but if they eventually follow, then that's really an important aspect of their life. They did end up converting. Maybe they didn't initially. But you kind of see with a lot of these folks here, 
in that time that he's calling them, when Jesus is actually calling them, um, they're sort of just denying him and putting their priorities out of order for what's their number one priority. They're just saying, well, you know, Father, I, I, you know, or, or Jesus, I have to do this first. I have to do this first. And so they're always kind of brushing aside, you know, the kingdom, the call right now that Jesus is calling for what they would rather do or what they feel that they need to do. And so he gives that example of uh, no one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what is left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. And I was reminded, I think I've given this example before, I had a great, um, we had a great spiritual director at the North American College, who's now the, the Bishop of Helena, um, Bishop um, Vetter. And so he, he told us, he gave us a lot of agricultural examples as an Iowa man. And he was telling us that uh, one time, he said, it's amazing to actually plow something up. If you've ever actually plowed something before with like a, like a kind of a hand plow, he said, and he was talking about potatoes. He's like, they just sort of pop out of the ground whole. And you're just like, oh, it's like a miracle. And he said, the temptation is, you know, to look back behind you at the fruit being produced. But, you know, Jesus basically says, you know, if you're, if you're trying to focus on what's behind you, you know, you're, you're, you're already lost. <laughs> you know, you have to have your, your nose down to the plow and keep your eyes ahead. And in many ways, you just have to kind of trust that the fruit that, is going to pop up. You kind of have to trust in the providence of God that by your work um, in the Christian life that those fruits will be produced. And this is kind of um, true for, for many of us. A lot of times we feel like we're doing an awful lot of sowing and it doesn't seem like it's bearing any fruit, but, but we never know. We never know. Sometimes many of these things, um, for those of you that are older, many of these things will bear fruit um, long after any of us might, might have died. Something that we had said, somebody that we had helped in the past, but you just don't quite know when that's going to happen. But you have to trust that it will in the Lord's providence that it, that it really will if you spread the fruit of his word. And, um, and ultimately, just in one last note, one of the famous lines that St. Jerome said was ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. And so it was the importance of the word of God and understanding it and being able to follow it. And so his translation, you know, that w was, a, was a great gift really to the church in the end. And so, and so to know the word of God is important in our life because it allows us to know God. It allows us to know his nature and his plan for all of us. And so, you know, we celebrate a great saint today and a good uh, example of the church. God bless you all today.